This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Hey, it's Mariner's Pod. Welcome back once again as we have a lot to dive into here. The Mariners coming off of a tremendous road trip, a great series win against Toronto. We're going to dive into that. Also, Stephen Davis, he was with uh, Shannon Dreher. They had a fun chat about season being back, the minor league season, everything he's seeing in Arkansas, one of our favorites. So that comes up in a few minutes as well. And then the Mariners get set for a weekend series against the Texas Rangers. So a ton to talk about as the weekend is here. But man. I mean, let's dive into this Toronto series. The Mariners, of course, we looked at this six-game trip on paper. You have the White Sox, you have the Blue Jays, two powerhouse offenses. You knew this road trip would be extremely difficult. A great start to the trip, taking the first two of three from Chicago. So they win the series in Chicago. They go to Toronto, and they saw the muscle in the first game of the series, Toronto bashes their way to a 9-3 victory in game one of the series. Toronto pound out they pound out 15 hits. Marcus Simeon, the man, the, <laughs> the old foe from Oakland. Uh, I guess the Mariners don't have to face him as many times this year, so that's a good thing. He had three hits, drove in five in the ball game, did some serious damage. So Mariners in game two of the series, this was just a thriller, a game that would go back and forth, and we talked about it going into the series. You're just going to have to find ways to outslug the Blue Jays at times. They are just so talented, so deep when you look at that lineup, one through nine. And the Mariners did. They played some long ball in the ball game. Here's the pitch to Haniger swinging a high fly ball deep into left field. Hernandez going back, looking up into the night, and goodbye baseball. It's way out of here to left field. Mitch Hanniger with his 18th home run of the season, a two-run shot, a moonshot in Buffalo, and the Mariners now lead the Blue Jays 6-4. to four. Holy smokes, what a drive by Hanniger. Crawford had three hits. Hanniger goes yard in the ballgame. Seeger went deep as well. The Mariners pile up the runs early, but the Blue Jays end up tying it. So we go to the 10th inning. Dylan Moore comes up huge. Murphy has the sign from Reese McGuire. And the pitch swung on and hit deep to left. Carrying high, far and gone. A three-run homer. Dylan Moore and the Mariners have a 9-6 lead. You got to love those three-run homers in the 10th inning. Demo with his third hit tonight. His seventh home run of the season. Gives him 26 runs batted in. And he went large right there just when the Mariners need it. So Toronto gets one in the 10th, but the Mariners win the ball game 9-7. It was a big win, too. That secured at least a 500 road trip. And if you were to map that out before the series, before the trip, I would have said, uh, yeah, I would take that in a heartbeat. So that led us into the finale as the Mariners were looking for a series win against the Blue Jays. And with the exact guy you'd want on the mound, that's Yusei Kikuchi. 
The stretch and the one-two to McGuire. Swing and a miss and a breaking ball down and away for strike three. Back-to-back strikeouts for Yusei Kikuchi with three on the afternoon. He's been absolutely outstanding. He's been fantastic. You look at his last 11 starts now, including the one yesterday. 2-3-3 ERA, nearly 70 innings pitched, 73 strikeouts along the way. He has been excellent for the Mariners. You just can't say enough. And not only that, you look at the last three ball games where he's been sensational, and he's facing the best offenses in the American League, are among the best, along with Houston and Boston, with the White Sox, with the Blue Jays, the Rays before that. You know, he's just he's just cutting through the best the American League has to offer and doing it in a phenomenal way. So he was great in the ball game. The Mariners, plenty of runs again for the second ball game in a row. 11 hits for the M's, seven runs as they played some long ball as well. Here's the pitch on the way. Swung on and belted. Deep to right field. Going and going and goodbye baseball. Into the terrace and straightaway right. Jake Fraley with his sixth home run of the season. Holy smokes, the Mariners have now homered in ten consecutive ball games. It's now the Mariners three and the Blue Jays one. Here's Shed getting into one. Deep right field. It's carrying. It's carrying. It is gone. Shed Long, a rifle shot, right center field. Two-run homer. Mariners have a 5-1 lead, third inning. And what's significant about that, Raul had not given up a home run to a lefty this season. And only one last year. And two Mariners got him, two lefties, Fraley and Shed Long Jr. The offense really came to life the last couple of ball games on this trip, too. It's just steadily improved as the season's gone on. Got better in June, but the last couple of weeks in particular. So 7-2 to the win. The Mariners get the series win, a winning road trip, and they come home to potentially a very fun homestand. A hope, now that the grand reopening coming up tonight at T-Mobile Park. I hope you find a way to make it out to the ballpark here in the next few days, or at least during this homestand at some point. This is a fun team to watch, and there's a lot of things going their way right now. Texas Rangers for three, off day, Yankees for three, and then the Angels for three. And I think, and then the All-Star break, and I think Otani pencils out to be, I think, the Sunday game. Uh, We'll see when we get a little closer. It's hard to know exactly, but I think it pencils out to look like that, which would be uh, pretty spectacular heading into the All-Star break. So this is a series uh, homestand I'm really looking forward to, given what we have seen as of late. So here's how it shapes up. This is a great matchup to start with. Uh, Logan Gilbert on the mound was so bummed against the White Sox when he went two innings in that game, and then the rains came because he he looked awfully sharp in that ball game. So we only saw him for a couple innings, but he's just gotten better and better. He is facing one of the best pitchers in the American League this year, Kyle Gibson, and maybe it's gone under the radar with some of the really great seasons we've seen from starters in the American League this year. But, man, Kyle Gibson's season is no joke. Remember, he got shelled his first start of the season. He gave up eight runs in his first start of the season. Could not get out of the first inning in his first start of the season. A third of an inning, or not eight runs, five runs, rather. A third of an inning, five runs. 
He started the year with an ERA of 135. In the 14 games since, a 1-5-1. He has been dominant. Ground ball king, his heavy sinker. He's got a two ERA on the season. And opponents just not squaring him up, just not hitting him hard at all. So Mariners have their work cut out for him here in game one against Gibson. has just been sensational. His last start, just what he's been doing. Seven innings against the Royals, no runs, just two hits, and struck out ten in the ball game. So Mariners will have their hands full in Game 1 with Gibson. Uh, Game 2 of the series, Marco takes the mound. Jordan Lyles will go again. Mariners got him last time. And Chris Flexen in Game 3, Fultonevich will go for Texas in the finale. So Mariners against the Rangers coming up. Before we hand things over to Shannon Dreyer with Stephen Davis, why don't we hear from Jake Fraley after the ball game? Jake, it seemed like you guys really ambushed Ryu, but also waited him out in certain sequences. What was the uh, what was the approach against a really good left? Yeah, um, I mean, really, uh, what you just said, kind of just being patient and really like boxing him up, um, especially for for lefties. Um, you know, he's the type of guy that just tries to get you to, you know, he throws a lot of a lot of junk. So trying to get you to like pick off, pick off, um, you know, meaning like chase off of the zone. Um, so for lefties, it was really just get on the plate, um, knowing that he's going to, you know, try to get you to chase outside and um, just try to stay off of the off speed and, and see one of the fastballs, the two seams or the cutters that he kind of leaves over the middle of the plate that you can do something with. Offensively right now, it- Obviously, the results are there, but it seems like there is a lot going on behind the scenes just in terms of maturation with you guys. Can you kind of just put that into words about how much uh, more mature you guys are as a lineup compared to, you know, maybe even a month or two ago? Yeah, um, I mean, obviously, a lot of things are clicking for us. So, um, you know, it's going really well for us as a team. And and it's that's the cool thing about, um, you know, every single night. that we go out and play it's always um it's always a different guy um it's always uh collectively as a team you know putting together a big win and um you know that's that's all you can ask for um you know you want everybody obviously to be clicking on all cylinders at the same time but a lot of times that doesn't happen so when you have um you know everybody locked in to the point where on any given night we can have somebody that's going to step up to the plate i mean that's how at the end of the season you look up and you guys you know you as a team collectively did a good job not a uh, whole lot of action in the outfield when you say he's pitching uh, just a ton of ground balls today and maybe you don't have the best vantage point but when when he's going good out there I mean, he's just absolutely been phenomenal. I, playing center field, you have the best seat in the house. Um, I get to see, uh, uh, you know, a perfect, uh, perfect viewpoint of every single pitch he throws. But, man, he's, his cutter um, was, I mean, just absolutely on point. Um, I mean, he was getting everybody to roll over. And I can't tell you how many times I saw him just paint the cutter on the outer half to righties. Um, so, I mean, you just, you, you tip your cap and, um, you know, you say it's a phenomenal pitcher and you guys are, are seeing it every time he goes out there. It doesn't look like it'd be an enjoyable at bat against him for a righty or a lefty. No, it's not. I've, I've faced you say, uh, in spring training, you know, kind of like as he was, you know, ramping up, uh, not spring training, actually it was a pandemic, um, when all that happened and we were, uh, kind of like ramping things up um and he's he's very very uncomfortable at bat from the left side um and just watching righties up there i mean i i, 
I'm sure it's the same exact thing. Jake, the, you know, whatever the, the algorithm, algorithms and projections had you guys and the, and the analysts had you guys at, you guys are four games over 500 at basically just past the halfway point of the season. I mean, you've probably exceeded a lot of people's expectations, but what are your guys' expectations coming into this? Do you guys feel you're right where you should be? Have you exceeded where you thought you should be? And, and where can you go going forward? That's the beauty about baseball. Um, <clears throat> anything can happen. Uh, we have a very, very good team. Like I said earlier, we have a very good team, um, you know, up and down the lineup uh, to the entire staff, to the bullpen, you know. So for us, it's just taking it day by day. Um, I think that uh, that's one of the key things about us is that we're just taking it, um, you know, what's the next game, what's the next series, and just solely focusing on that and not getting too ahead of ourselves and, and not getting stuck in the past. Um, so, I mean, when you're on, uh, you know, winning baseball teams, um, you know, that's that, that's a huge kind of X factor. Um, everybody is uh, on the same page. And uh, like I said, we're not looking too far ahead. We're focusing on what that next game is, what the next matchup is, and then not, you know, settling with stuff that's in the past. And now you say Kikuchi has just been on a roll. Questions for you, you say, how much easier does your job become when the offense is hitting the way they are right now? Um, yeah, definitely huge, um, especially getting runs on the board um, early in the game. Uh, you know, it really allows me to focus on, you know, pitching, and uh, it just makes things a lot more uh, just easy for me. With the exception of maybe the one that Simeon hit, how good was your cutter today at inducing ground balls? And just where is that pitch at when you need it and you know you need to get ground ball? That's what pitching that Yeah, you know, my cutter is a big pitch for me. And it was, again, a um, really good uh, big pitch for me today. Again, uh, you know, it's a great ground ball pitch. Uh, and so when I'm in a situation where I want a double play ball, um, I tend to go to it a lot. Um, and, you know, I've had success with it. And um, it was a great pitch for me today again. Does it allow you to be more efficient? Uh, and control your pitch count when you have that cutter working to get ground balls? Um, yeah, definitely. You know, uh, a lot of ground balls with that pitch. You know, I, I can tell a lot of the hitters kind of look for that pitch. Um, and most of the time, you know, they tend to hit it into the ground. And um, I have one of the, I think, the best uh, infield um, behind me, you know, playing great defense all the time. And so I feel like, um, it's my job to just kind of uh, keep getting these ground balls so that uh, my teammates can just keep on making plays behind me. You say, was that a was that a slider at the bottom of the strike zone that you got Guerrero to hit the ground ball on to end the six? And that, is that pretty much? I mean, set up by the cutter, right? Um, is that pretty much where you wanted that pitch? Yeah. Um, that, that slider to Guerrero um, to get that double play. Um, yeah, I think I executed that pitch exactly where I wanted to, um, just below the zone, um, with the intent of getting a ground ball. Um, and, you know, his first uh, couple of at-bats, we were, you know, really throwing him a lot of fastballs and cutters. And so we really thought that um, the slider um, below the zone would uh, be a really good pitch to him that A.B. Uh, if I can just ask a question regarding um, the last five, six, seven starts where 
things seem to have really come together very nicely for you. Can you recall a stretch where things have gone so well for you in the past? Uh, I haven't gone through a stretch like this uh, here in the States yet, but obviously over in Japan I have. Um, I think the biggest thing is, you know, these, you know, like you mentioned, my past, you know, five, six, seven starts, um, you know, I haven't felt, it's not like I, you know, have my best stuff um, every time out, um, but, you know, I think I was able to make my adjustments and, um, Realized why I had that day uh, and was able to, you know, uh, like I said, go and go deep into the ball games. Um, and so I think that is um, you know, the biggest thing for me uh, is to just keep on making these minor adjustments on uh, each and every start and um, hopefully go uh, deep into the ball game. You say you had a big adjustment uh, coming from the MPB with the baseballs and how they felt. Uh, it took a while. Now they're cracking down on everything. Do you feel comfortable with where you're at and gripping the baseball and being able to execute pitches, even with them watching every little thing? Um, definitely, there's a big difference between you know the Japanese balls and the uh, major league balls. Obviously, um, it, it's a little hard to describe the difference, but there is um, a significant uh, difference between the two. Um, and to answer the second part of your question, um, you know, it doesn't. You know, the rules. You know, rules are rules, and. Uh, you know, it hasn't really affected me um, very much. You know, I'm able to command all my pitches. Like I'm just out there competing, um, you know, same as usual. And so it doesn't really have an effect on me. And finally, here's Scott's service. Um, heck of a road trip, really. Um, you know, coming into Buffalo and seeing how this play was, this park was going to play, I knew it was going to be, a, you know, uh, really take a, a really good offensive effort uh, to, for us to, to win this series. And, and that's what we had. And, you know, I say all the great things we did offensively, but uh, you say Kikuchi is the story for today. That's one of the better uh, hitting ball clubs in the American league. And uh, he went out today and, and got right after him uh, on the attack from the get go. I think it was like 12 of his outs were on the ground today, um, had really good stuff and did not back off. So, you know, uh, to get seven uh, innings out of him against that kind of team uh, says a lot for his effort today. And, and, the season he's putting together. Uh, I said before the game started, I thought he was worthy of uh, uh, pitching in the all-star game and uh, he backed it up today. So uh, offensively, a lot of good things, uh, you know, big home runs by Shed and, and Fraley, but I thought, you know, up and down the lineup, uh, we had some really good at-bats, some really good swings against Ryu uh, today. Who's tough. This guy knows how to pitch. He's having a good season. Uh, I thought that we did best today was we trusted our eyes. Uh, we really controlled the strike zone well and got him over the plate and then put some good swings on them. So uh, uh, good series, uh, really good road trip against two tough uh, opponents, and uh, looking forward to coming home for, for a big homestand. So with that, I'll, I'll take any questions. Scott, just how valuable has the innings accumulation for you, say, Ben? I think he's now in the top 20 in the majors, and this is within a six-man rotation as well. Oh, it's huge. You know, you lean on your starting pitchers, and you should. You know, those guys pitch once every six days for us, and you need them to be consistent, understanding that it is a long season. You're going to have a few ups and downs, but Yusei has been fantastic. Um, you just feel the confidence that he has, and our ball club feels it uh, playing behind him. You know, we make very good defensive plays. He's in the strike zone. There's no there's going to be action, and uh, I thought our infield defense today was outstanding.
Hey, Scott, the, uh, there were several points today, even though you guys had a lead, and I'm sure it probably feels like no lead is safe in that ballpark there, but um, I thought there were several moments there where you say in the past would have ran into potentially ran into trouble. And I'm thinking about the Guerrero double play ball to end that inning and then the execution on that pitch to Springer. Just the real conviction in those pitches really stands out now, doesn't it? It, it really does. You know, I, I thought, you know, first couple of years that you say was here, he was always kind of snake bitten by the bad inning, the one inning that got away from him. You know, it'd be a few walks, he'd give up a soft hit, and then all of a sudden they'd square one up and you look up and it was a big crooked number. And uh, He's been able to stay away from that. Uh, I think he keeps his emotions in check much better. Um, and certainly when you're rolling along and you have the confidence and you work through, you know, the quality lineups that he has this year. I talked before the game, you know, he's, he's really dominated the Dodgers, the Astros, the Blue Jays. I mean, he, he continues to do it against really good teams. And, he, you know, he should feel like uh, he can do it against anybody because he is. He's the best teams in, in the league and, and he's dominating, when, dominating them when he goes out there. And Scott, once again, it looked like you say got stronger as the game progressed. You had five strikeouts, I think, over the last three innings and really showed confidence mixing all those pitches and put away counts. It, it really did. I think that the one thing uh, you say is learned um, is he, when he sees the finish line, he goes. Uh, he, he puts the, the pedal to the metal, so to speak, and, and, and he goes from you know, 60 miles an hour. He revs it up to about 80 miles an hour just on the, on the, on the you know, on, on the you know, the effort level and he gets after it there. And, and uh, you know, you see the velocity, he can carry velocity into a game as good as any pitcher I've seen in a long, long time. He's throwing 96, 97 miles an hour out there on his 93rd, 94th pitch of the day. So it uh, says a lot to, to him, how he conditions himself, how he prepares and he's ready to go. But when he sees that finish line, he empties the tank and it's fun to watch. I know it's a really long season, but uh, coming off that really promising homestand and how much of a litmus test was this against some really good teams here on this road trip? You find out a lot about your, your guys when you're playing on the road. And now, you know, we've got fans in the stands again. So uh, that makes it a little bit more challenging. You know, you, the, the home team is feeding off the adrenaline that the, the fans will give them. And, you know, as the, the visitor, you've got to be able to, to handle that and combat it. And I thought our guys did a great job of that, slowing some at-bats down, working through tough spots on the mound and executing pitches. Uh, you know, I can't say enough about the job that Paul Seawold continues to do for us. Big strikeout of Guerrero today and then uh, run him out um, to try to save an extra arm with it for the upcoming series. And he did an outstanding job and he's put together a heck of a run for us. And now we hand things over to Shannon and Stephen Davis. In some ways, it felt like a decade between minor league seasons for us from 2019 to this year. And in other ways, it felt like it was seamless. Uh, in fact, I, if I say last year, I mean 2019 still. Uh, it's, it's crazy to think that we missed an entire season when you look back on it. Uh, it was obviously odd for everybody involved, and the, it felt like the entire world was on hold, baseball included. But uh, it was great to be back and talking to the players. You know, they had it worse than any of us. They were their lives are on hold, their careers are on hold, they're trying to get things going again. And those guys were just chomping at the bit to get going and they can't be happier to be out here every day, win, lose, uh, no draws, obviously, <laughs> no ties, but <laughs> not yet. Uh, thrilled to be playing again uh, and competing every day and grinding with the boys in the clubhouse. We've got a, a great group that loves being at the ballpark every day and it's made having missed a summer even more special to be back this year, to be around this group and see the smiles on their faces every day when they get to the ballpark. 
And to miss a ball season after that 2019 season, which just seemed like such a banner year for that club, uh, I, I would imagine everybody just wanted to get going again. But it was also a, kind of a restart, a lot of new faces this year. Absolutely. You know, we were spoiled in 2019 with the group we had with the, most of the, the big league club last year. It seemed like as we'd watch the Mariners and Kyle Lewis obviously headlining it and winning rookie of the year. Uh, and it is a lot of new faces this year. We've got a few guys that are back, uh, a few guys that have played in double A against us before from around the league. It's a veteran group for the most part on this double A team. A lot of older guys, 25, 26, even some guys 27 plus. But uh, for this year, at least I'm throwing the ages out because with everybody having missed that season last year, you almost need to subtract a year age wise from about uh, three quarters of this group because they would have been on this team last year and didn't get the chance to be here. So age wise, uh, it's an older group, but I think that is a lot due to the fact that we didn't have a season a year ago. So we miss having those guys from two years ago, obviously, but uh, they played their way out of here and we're excited with this group. They've been fun to watch every night and you know, every night they're in the ball game, they're competing. Uh, and a lot of nights they find ways to win. And it's been a fun group to, to see play this season. What has stood out in particular? Lately, it's been the starting pitching. They've been consistent every night, five, six, seven innings. Heck, a week ago tonight, Penn Murphy went all nine on 109 pitches and threw a shutout, which never happens in minor league baseball. He was really, really good. Uh, and was going to find a way to finish that ball game. But uh, first and foremost, it's been the starting pitching this year. It's been the strength of the team, the most consistent thing with this team. And the second thing that jumps out is this group overall has power. Uh, there's strikeouts that go along with it. But, you know, we play in a very pitcher-friendly, very large ballpark at home in Little Rock and Dickey Stevens Park. And this team's on pace to set home run records for the Dickey Stevens Park era, despite the fact that we're going to play – uh, 20 less games this year in a shortened schedule for minor league baseball. So this team hits the ball out of the ballpark. There's multiple guys that are threats to go deep anytime they come to the plate. So it's a really fun group from that perspective. You never feel like you're out of a game offensively. You feel like you're going to score runs every night because you can drive the ball out of the ballpark and you feel like you're going to get a good starting pitching performance every night. So when you've got power and you've got starting pitching, it makes for a fun team. That's intriguing with the power, because if you consider, you know, you had Kyle Lewis, you had Evan White last year. These guys are going to hit more home runs. Who are, who are, who are the boppers? Well, you know, you ask Kyle and Evan, they'll tell you they didn't like hitting a Dickie Stevens Park. And I'm not saying these guys necessarily like hitting here this year either, but they've been able to use it to their advantage and still drive it out of the ballpark. And then when they go on the road, you know, uh, it's a little friendlier for him. But as far as the boppers, Jake Shiner's the first guy that comes to mind. He had a fantastic May, got off to a great start. When he hits the baseball, he's going to hit it out of any ballpark. He's got that kind of power, line drives, fly balls. Uh, Jake is really strong. He's one of those guys that would have been in double-A last season. He was the return in the Jay Bruce trade a couple years ago. Was at single-A at the time, a guy who had had success in college, a fourth-round pick coming out of the University of Houston. And then you've got Brian O'Keefe, a minor league veteran, a guy that was at the alternate site in Tacoma last year, who was in his first year in the Mariners organization last season and was just trying to figure out what they wanted him to do as far as working with pitchers and offensively and has kind of revamped his swing and is much more consistent now and drives the ball out of the ballpark. And then beyond that, there's multiple guys that have four or five home runs. Josh Morgan has come on of late. He was banged up to start the year, didn't get much regular playing time, and he's swinging the bat really well over the last two, three weeks. Uh, it, it's hard to single out everybody on this team, but there's you know a lineup of nine guys that are a threat to go deep 
Last question for you. Uh, you. You had the the joy of doing something that I know that our Aaron Goldsmith desperately wants to do. You got an immaculate inning last night in a debut, I believe, as well. Yes, uh, yes. Talk us through that. When did you know that ooh, we might be on to something here? So Brandon Williamson, uh, highly thought of prospect in the Mariners system, second round pick out of TCU a couple years ago, had thrown an immaculate inning earlier this season at High A Everett. So he makes his debut for us last night here in Springdale, Arkansas, on the road, bottom of the first inning, facing a, a pretty good lineup and, and facing a, a top three in this Northwest Arkansas order that includes two really well thought of prospects, Bobby Witt Jr., who's a consensus top 10 guy across baseball, and Nick Prado, who's been the best hitter start to today in this league this season. He strikes out the leadoff batter on three pitches, so you notice that, and then he gets to 0-2 on Witt, and he strikes him out. And it registers in my head, okay, we've had two three-pitch strikeouts. Keep an eye on this here just in case. But in the back of your mind, they're going, you're going, there's no way he's going to strike out this next guy on three pitches in his first double-A start facing these kind of hitters. And sure enough, two fastballs fouled off. He gets to 0-2, and it's like, all right, look for a breaking ball here. Is the guy going to chase? Be ready for it. And he goes fastball and just absolutely locked up Nick Prado with a 94-mile-an-hour fastball for strike three. So nine pitches, uh, you get through it with three strikeouts, and you kind of have to pinch yourself and go, did that really just happen? It was one of those where you're like, okay, this could happen, but, you know, I, I just don't expect it to, but then sure enough it does. And, you know, Brandon handled it like he does it every day, which apparently he does, to having done it twice this season. Uh, I, I think Aaron uh, tweeted out that it's a once in a generation accomplishment to do it twice in a year. Uh, we've had two in our last two seasons now with the Travs, which is pretty incredible because I'd never seen one before. Uh, and hopefully Aaron will get one at some point, maybe when Brandon Williamson gets to the big leagues, he can do it for him. But it was pretty special to see that in his first inning in double A last night. Has it been? I know the Mariners have been building up their systems in the minor leagues for so long, and you've seen so much of it. Does it feel like this year is business as usual in their processes and how they roll things out and their expectations for uh, players and development? Or are there things that jump out that perhaps are a little bit different? Now, as far as I can tell, everything seems as usual. Now, obviously, there's some slight adjustments from not having had a minor league season last year. And some of these guys got work at the alternate site. Some of them got work at, at home. They were able to replicate game situations, maybe sneak in some live game action at places. And other guys really didn't have much of a chance to do anything. We had a couple pitchers that, you know, they had a, a farm to go throw at or something like that. You know, just yeah. throw where you could to try to keep your arm in shape and then get back to it this year. But as far as the Mariners go, it's been, well, they're pretty good at individualizing plans for players. Hey, this is what we want you to work on. This is what you're going to do this year. And they've stuck to it and they're rationing innings a little bit, but yet not so much. They're taking each case individually, whether it's an older guy or a younger guy on the pitching side and trying to get the most out of them that they can and still taking it day by day. I think that's the biggest thing is, we're still less than halfway through the minor league season. We're going to go till mid-September this year, all the way till I think September 19th. So uh, it's going to be a long grind, and you can make adjustments with the plan the Mariners have. And it's been really impressive to see them lay things out and go, hey, this is what our plan is. We're going to stick to it. But if we have to adjust, we'll do that. But so far, it's been uh, stick to that plan and, and then develop these guys as much as possible. 
Have there been major changes now that obviously MLB took everything over? You are now part of AA Central. Does that look the same or are there changes on a kind of day in, day out basis for you? You know, it's pretty much the same. We, we joke all the time, a bunch of us in this league, that it's still the Texas League. We just have a different name now. Uh, but we're going to mostly the same cities. Wichita is a new city in the league, but they were back in this league uh, in the 2000s before that franchise moved here to Northwest Arkansas, which has been in the league now for the last 13 years. So it feels almost identical. It's the same affiliates for the most part that we're playing. Uh, the only new one being the Minnesota Twins from Wichita, but we're still playing Tulsa. We're still playing Springfield. We're still playing our division clubs more than anybody. It really hasn't changed much. There's been a few slight changes behind the scenes, which have been improvements for the players as far as their day-to-day -day lifestyle uh, and somehow that operates. But as far as what the fans see, uh, and what goes on on a daily basis with the schedule and things like that. It's been pretty much business as usual, other than the obvious change of six game series and an off day every Monday. How are you enjoying that? You know what? It's been better than I expected overall. It is a long time to play one team, uh, but as far as limiting travel, it obviously accomplishes that goal. And a Monday off day, especially in the minor leagues is nice. Now, Every day, every week, having Monday off uh, could be a little bit shaky, I think, once you get through the entire season, because sometimes you've got relief pitchers that need to get work, and they're going five, six, seven days sometimes without throwing if your starters are going well. But overall, it's a great thing for the minors. Uh, I don't know if it'll be around in the future or not, but for this year, it's been good uh, and a great change and a nice, easy form of the schedule to get through it uh, with the limited travel play and only one team per week. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road. The steeper, the better. Because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive, so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones, so we'll never lose touch with civilization, and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic? And conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai. There's joy in every journey.